listening to the Overcast. Sunshine on a cloudy day. Part of the Oversoul Gaming Channel. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Overcast, your joke-making, fun-having pop culture podcast. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. Oversoul. And I am your co-host, Nick, a.k.a. The Vaping Fiend. Yes, and like always, we're bringing you sunshine on a cloudy day. And, um... Yes. There's been a lot of sunshine and a lot of clouds lately. (laughs) Um, some good and some bad. I'll, uh... I'll tell you, not a whole lot is going on with me until recently. I, uh... You know, just work and stuff like that. I got all my Christmas shopping done for my family. Mm -hmm. I think there we're going to go. have our, our Christmas on Saturday the 23rd. Um, okay. Because, well, we're going to we're gonna converge on the 23rd, but then we're going to do presents and stuff Christmas Eve morning before everyone gets gotcha. home. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because Christmas is on a Monday and everyone has to work on Tuesday, so that's not the best time for it. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, and, um, oh yeah, before I forget, it is... Uh, December eighth, twenty twenty three. Right now, the day yes. after the day after the Game Awards, and this episode is going to be all about our uh, reactions. We're just we're going to have a discussion about what happened, who won, how we yes. feel about it, the announcements we're yes, looking yes, forward yes, to, yes, yes, yes. and uh, stuff like that. This is going to be a shorter one too, folks. Uh, we are opting out of a media corner in this episode because neither of us yes. were prepared prepared for it, and I. Which is part of my life updates. I'm feeling a bit under the weather. Granted, since I've gotten on here and started talk, started, yeah, started talking, I don't feel as shitty. But, um, that's a good thing, though. But I'm pretty sure I have the flu or something because I've got the cold sweats and the walking around makes me nauseous and shit like that. So, oh, that's no fun. Yeah, not great. So things had been going well until I got sick, and then to top it all off, for some reason my TV decided that it wanted to stop working picture specifically oh, no yeah so Damn. like the, the audio still works i can hear the audio but for some reason the picture stopped working and this is the kind of thing that can be fixed but the problem is for one thing there's no sony service center for these kind of repairs in illinois um damn and there's not a lot of places out here in freeport that do this kind of thing either and um you don't have a best buy do you no, but I did call the Best Buy out in Rockford, and they they can do it, but, you know, they're Geek Squad and all that, but those assholes charge you $125 just to come look at it and diagnose it, and that's just the first visit. It's a $125 Jeez. charge just for them to come look at it. That's not including the fix, you know? That's fucking dumb. Yeah, that is terrible. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's bad business practice. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. So my research tells me that the issue is likely either something with a fuse inside the TV or something with the panel that puts out the image. Because uh-huh. it's, not, it's not the backlight. One of the tricks when this happens is if you shine a flashlight on the TV and you can still barely see something, it means the backlight has gone out. But I couldn't see shit. Just completely black TV with no sound what's, or with nothing but sound. Sound works. Picture doesn't. So the TV is working. It's that something... Uh, inside of it went went goofy like there was a hardware issue somehow um and 
Yeah, and I want to think that this is just like typical wear and tear over time, but I've only had this mm-hmm. for three years. For three years, you know, so it shouldn't be doing right. that al- already. <laughs> so, no, definitely not. But electronics are finicky, and sometimes shit like that happens. So, yeah, knowing that I I can't afford to get it repaired, I decided to, and I know this is a terrible decision because you end up paying more than it's worth in the long run, but. Uh-huh. For so for someone in my uh, financial situation, it's pretty much the only option. So I uh, I hit up Aaron's uh, website, and um, they had a newer model of the same TV. So I decided to go ahead and rent it. It's gonna cost me like fifty bucks a month until I pay it off. But you know, what a, I can't not have a TV. So right, yeah, no. And then how how else would you consume media? Well, and I have, yeah, kind of necessary for the pod. And I do have other TVs. Exactly. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but this is my only 4K TV in the house. And Oh, damn. Some of the stuff I do for YouTube is in 4K. You can record videos in 4K on the PS5, but only if you're hooked up to a 4K TV. So, right. Yeah, so I kind of need it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of, kind of a necessity. Plus, it's the living room TV. You know, I've got... Right. I've got, I could move some stuff around, you know, We bo- there's a TV in both bedrooms and all that, and I could move some stuff around, but, like, you know, at this point it would just be easier to move the consoles until the until I get the new TV, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So either way, though, I'm supposed – that TV, the manufacturer has to ship it to the local store, and then they got to call me and set up a time to come bring it to me at my apartment. So that should be next week. So for now, okay. I'll just – for now, I'll just have to deal with using, um, like, these okay, – this so, there's, I have a Sony Bravia 720p native LCD TV in my bedroom that I've had since 2012, and it still works like brand new. I, that TV? You still have that TV? Yeah, that's – it's weird. Things just aren't built to last anymore, you know? Jeez. You know, I have no idea what was uh, – Damn, that TV's been, been through – that – that TV's been through a lot. Yeah, well, it's moved a lot of places, but the TV itself has actually remained in good condition the whole time. <laughs> good. That's awesome. And when I got that 4K TV before, I sold my old Samsung to my mom. Um, uh-huh. You know, that, that that was a 1080p LED TV. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I just, you know... I um I need a 4K HDR TV to get the most out of today's video games and shows. Yeah, you know? no, that's that's my um my Roku 4K TV is an HDR as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I should have noticed though. I did start seeing a warning sign recently where I noticed that the H like the um when I had the TV in HDR mode, like on the PS5 or something, the screen mm. would get a lot darker than it would with it off. And Interesting. Th- even after, and it's supposed to be the opposite. It's supposed to get brighter. So okay. I, I should have taken that as a warning sign that something was screwy, you know, that there yeah. was something yeah. going on with the panel or something. But yeah, I don't know what right. I'm doing. I'm not going to mess with it. You know, I could... If I knew how, I could probably just replace the fuse and fix it, but I don't. So, right. And I don't want to break it further. So, I'm just. No, I get that. I understand that. I'm just going to get a new one, but this one is still good. It just needs to be fixed. So, I'm going to put it in storage for now and see if I can get it fixed later and then maybe sell it or something. Gotcha. There you go. Think smarter, not harder. 
yeah, I'm trying to be optimistic about all this, but really all it means is there's another unneeded expense added to my list of things now. Yeah. But it is what it is. $50 a month ain't too bad. That's not too bad, no. So, but anyways, that's me. What's up with you? So, um, I, uh... I'm actually I'm living with uh I'm actually I'll be moving into my mom's basement here in the next couple of days. Your stereotypical thirty-three year old living in his mother's basement. <laughs> um But I am temporarily in one of the upstairs rooms. Okay. Well, as long as you don't have the neck beard, it won't be you that stereotypical. I, you, I mean, you already know I have a beard. Yeah, but is it a neck beard? Um, no, my my, my beard is pretty. Um, it, it goes far past my neck. <laughs> yeah, you're good then. You're one. You're not. Um, you're not that stereotypical. You basically have to have no neck, and uh, oh, gotcha. Okay. And constantly share Pepe Frog memes on Reddit <laughs> to be the stereotypical yeah, basement. That dog. I do not. <laughs> so that I do not. Okay. Oh, uh, but uh, I had okay. So I got home from work last night. And because uh, because I, I, I did catch part of the game award, some of the game awards before I went to work. When I got home from work, um, I tried finishing what I what I missed, but I, I found myself dozing. So I kind of I turned it off. Uh, but I had a vivid dream. Um, and this is interesting that I don't know why I had this this. We, you and I did a crossover episode of pod of our podcast with um, Fortress of Nerditude. We had a only it had absolutely nothing to do with nerd and pop culture. It was a, we had the four of us had a paranormal investigation. Interesting. It was really weird, but cool all at the same time. <laughs> that is uh, espe- that is really funny, especially considering Spencer is not a horror guy. Uh, right, right, right. Pro- probably be the I last person that. to go. Uh, the last person to go to an abandoned building and hunt for ghosts. Um, But I do like that. Uh, right. Yeah. I do like. I do like that concept. <laughs> That's kind of funny thinking about it. Right. All right. But no, so, I um. Recently, uh, we you and I did a recording. Um, we did a uh, a let's play for you. Get, okay, I've talked about this on. I talked about this on the podcast before about my opinion about Fortnite. Well, folks, 
this guy here got me out of that shell, and Fortnite is my new obsession. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I, we, uh, I, we... I didn't get to try the racing stuff that came out today yet. Not yet? Oh, man. No, Dude. no because of... Um... You know, feeling sick and all. Have you tried it? That's, have you done? Lo- I have not. I have not yet. No, I. Okay. I want to. I want to, but I don't want to do it by myself. If that makes sense. Fair enough. That's something that that's that's something that would be a, like. I feel like the first time first time around, I want to do it with somebody. That just just because uh, just for the fun of it, you know. Right. Right. Yeah, I haven't put but, that. Uh, let's. I haven't put that let's play out yet, but me getting sick kind of put a damper on editing stuff for the minute. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You gotta, you gotta take care of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just annoying because I have plans after we put out our Christmas episode of the podcast. Cause, uh, uh-huh. folks, after, after this episode, the next one we're gonna do is a holiday special talking about Christmas movies and stuff. And then after that, we're not going to be back until the New Year's, and I'm trying to plan that so that it's the same for my YouTube channel, too. Like, the whole channel is just going on Break Sands, the top ten video. Fair enough. um, Okay. Before I forget, there's still plenty of time for people to get into that. Let's see, the deadline is in two and a half weeks, or two weeks and four days at this point. All right, I need to get an answer in. Yeah, you do. Every day I've been getting, like, a new answer, so it looks like people are doing this. Okay. But, um, all right, yeah, you moved, you had a weird dream, we started playing Fortnite, what else is good? Oh, man, dude, fuck. Um, let's see, um, my daughter's doing good, she's doing good in school. Um. That's good. She's, she's doing a lot better in school. Um, she was, she was struggling for a little bit, uh, I'm guessing... There was, there was uh something going on with her, but she's 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 doing a lot better in school. She's she's doing good. That's good. Yeah. Huh. I think we should uh, transition over to our topic. Oh. Okay, <laughs> that's all your updates then, huh? Yeah, that's all my updates. Okay, oof, a little bit of whiplash there, just kind of took a hard left turn. But... Yeah, really, like seriously though, right? <laughs> but, alright, yep, that sounds good to me. We will, like I said folks, we're skipping the media corner media corner in this episode, so straight yes. into the topic. Straight into, into the topic it is. Yes, right into the topic we go. everyone welcome to the episode's topic we're gonna discuss the game awards 2023 the good the bad the in-between and all that fun stuff yes yeah so it was a pretty stacked show um Baldur's, yeah Baldur's Gate 3 predictably swept um 
you know, what I didn't see coming, though, was Alan Wake 2 winning as much as it did. As much as I love that game, and I'm glad that it won all those awards, I thought that that franchise was a lot more niche, and I was surprised and happy to see it getting so much love. Um, I am a bit sad that Spider-Man 2 got so heavily overlooked, but... Uh, yeah, I was actually kind of kind of upset. They didn't, they didn't win any awards. Yeah, yeah, I was hoping they... Would get something. I I would have given them like maybe best action adventure. Yeah, yeah, but then like, yeah, I would have given it best action adventure game. Um, I know that Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is a good game. Like I've you know yes for people, but when you boil it down, it really is just like an expansion of Breath of the Wild. It's kind of pretty much the same map and everything. Mm Hmm. Uh, but you could say the same thing about Spider-Man 2. And now that I think about it, it's the same map as the first two games. So, right. you know, it, I my theory is that these things and a case of sequelitis and uh, superhero fatigue uh, in general kind of led to Spider-Man not getting any awards, you know? Yeah, and I, plus, can ag- I can agree with that. Plus, it was a stacked competition this year. Yeah. And yeah, I, that's... I loved Spider-Man 2. I will be honest, though, the combat was starting to make my hands hurt near the end. It gets... Really? It gets rough. Like, it was like... I'm like, oh, fuck, god damn. Like, god, these enemies are getting hard. Like, I would um, highly advise uh, making sure you are fully prepared for the end of that game before going into it by doing as many side quests as humanly possible to level up. Yeah. No, uh, I'll, I'll, that's that's the plan is, like, as soon as I can get my hands on it. I also want to get my hands on that... Um... Uh, Avatar game that came out yesterday. Oh yeah, Frontiers of Pandora, or uh, yes, Far Cry with an Avatar skin. Um, right. It uh, yeah, it looks fun. I like. Got the a lot Far, of. You Far said you get a lot of mixed reviews. Mixed reviews. Yeah, I've seen reviews as low as four out of ten, but as high as nine out of ten. So. <laughs> oh damn. Okay. Yeah. So it's obviously it's subjective. This one, yeah, I think this one's going to be one of those middle-road games for sure. Um, movie tie-in games can sometimes be difficult to pull off, but I think this one is canonical to the franchise overall. So. Yes, I th- I think it's supposed to come immediately after the events of Way of the Water. Okay. Which I still have yet to watch. Was that a this-year movie? I can't remember. That, yeah. I think it was. I think it came no. out like... In like January, it came or out February. In, came out, came out. It, it came. Ah, uh, oh, I'm gonna have to fact check that. Give me a second. Oh, Way of the Water came out in 2022. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I think uh, it was but, like but, holiday season last year. Yeah, it just hit streaming platforms uh, this year. Right. Right. Yeah, I didn't, uh, it, I, it, I didn't it released it. December it dis, it released December of 2022. December 16th of 2022 to be exact. Right. I didn't hate it, but um anyways, as far as the game awards though, I've got notes and the first thing, the first note that I took down was that we're getting a remake of Brothers A Tale of Two Sons coming next February. This I I did see that. I was curious as to what that was. I'm like, I this game looks familiar, but I, I can't place it. So it's from the same guy that brought us a way out in It Takes Two, the famously multiplayer-only okay. games. 
Um, okay. And it Takes Two was winner of Game of the Year, uh, the year it came out, whichever one that was. Okay. Twenty twenty one, maybe. Um, I think so. Yeah, and yeah, those those are both games that you have to play with someone else. They are co op. They're yeah. split, split screen co op, and they're both great. I played a way out with Dylan, and it takes two with my friend Karina. Um, mm-hmm. Both great games, but Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons was the first game he ever made, and that one was single player, but it had a unique mechanic where you control okay. you control both the characters. It's got kind of like an isometric view, so you don't have to worry about camera. So the left joystick controls the older brother and the right joystick controls the younger brother and you have them work together to like, you know, get past obstacles and stuff and it takes place I want to say in like a Nordic mythology type setting because okay. there's like gi- giants and trolls and stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a um like a very like basic, relaxing kind of um, yeah puzzle advent- pu- puzzle adventure game. I um, gathered that. Yeah, it's not like it, it doesn't really have any combat or anything. And if I remember correctly, there's no dialogue either. The story is told entirely through the visuals. So okay, yeah, which is kind of like Journey. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember that game. So I'm excited for that because I love that um, game, and I'd love to give it another go. Um, okay. And then Super Mario Brothers Wonder wins the best family game. Did we predict yes. that? I don't. I think so. I don't remember. I don't remember that. I don't remember all the nominees for that. I think. I think we um, did. No, you voted. Well, you voted for the Disney game, the Disney Island Adventure. Oh game, yeah, that's I, right. I did, didn't I? Yep, I sure I th- did. I th- I think you predicted Mario. Um, yes. Yep. I sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what I predicted on that one either, but I also wasn't surprised to see it. Like, like I said, Super Mario Brothers Wonder is um, it's got options that make it accessible for, for the whole family, you know? So, yeah. you know, the kids can play as Yoshi and not have to worry about dying. The adults can mm-hmm. play as Mario and Luigi. Um, and then there's the... also Daisy and Peach and a bunch of toads and the Nabbit rabbit, which I think is mm-hmm. a crossover, a crossover from the rabbits games. Yeah. And then the award for innovation accessibility award, uh, that didn't mm-hmm. you, I think you predicted Forza Motorsport would win that one, didn't you? Yes, because even though I haven't played that game, I played Forza Horizon, and you can right. straight up play that. You can straight up play that game one handed. The way the <laughs> options that they have. Exactly. So, yeah. No. I I saw that one winning like immediately. Like, dude. And I'm that, like, that's... it doesn't get more accessible than that. <laughs> right. Exactly. I do think though that. If I was able to peek behind the curtain and see, like, because this is a voted thing, like, which one has the most, um, I think, like, the one with the most votes next in line probably would have been Spider-Man 2 because it has that, you know, let my little cousin play mode. The uh, Right. Where you can't die. And it's also got options for people who are deaf and colorblind and shit mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And there are moments in that game where you straight up play as a deaf girl. Um, yeah. So... Um, for some of the quests, but yes, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I also took note, uh, speaking of which, I took note of this, that they're making a game called Harmonium coming to Netflix games and Xbox Game Pass, and it's a musical game that is accessible to deaf people. That's pretty fucking cool. 
yeah, I am looking forward to it because I love rhythm games. Obviously, you can not be deaf and still play it because right, exactly, yeah. It's got normal audio, but the way that the haptics and stuff are designed for it, it's like even if deaf people can't hear it, there is something about I think the visuals and possibly even the controller vibration that allows them to be able to play it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's pretty. That's pretty cool. And also, uh, I was I was a little irritated at this because I was getting so excited only for it to not happen. But mm-hmm. when they showed the tra- they showed the trailer for Metaphor, um, which is a, a JRPG from Atlas, it kept saying, from the people who brought you Persona 3, 4, and 5. I was like, oh, yes, it's Persona 6. It's Persona 6. And then it wasn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. And then, okay, so for best performance, dude, so when when Kratos got up on the fucking stage, dude, I, yes. I knew he was going to clown around at first, and fucking, I have, I, I caught myself laughing at him, because, like, he's a guy, dare whoever uh, wins this award to beat my seven-minute record. I'm like this dude's trying to get in get everybody in trouble, isn't he? Like what the <laughs> fuck? He's an instigator. I'm glad but... that they were like self-aware and made fun of it, but I also Oh right, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I do I do feel like they kind of overcorrected for that last year by yeah. giving every, all the award winners like not enough time for their speeches mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Um, but like I mean, I don't know. There's only so much you can do. There, you know, you got so much stuff you got to fit in. You got a hard time limit. It's like, yeah, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, every year there's some kerfuffle that pisses some people off, and it's like, whatever. Just it's supposed to be fun. Just have fun. You know, right? I mean, it is. I do. I do wish that they got a little more time. Like when when Sam Lake accepted the award for. Uh, Alan Wake 2, uh, they started playing the send-off music. I was like, let the man speak! English is not his native language. He's from Finland. Let the man speak! Right. 30 seconds is not enough for someone with an accent. Right. Um, but but Neil, also, like, people are, Neil... people are mad um, about, like, you know, they did that, but then they gave Kojima and Jordan Peele a bunch of time, but, like, the, that man needed a translator, and if... Right, if, exactly. If you have a translator, everything's being said twice, so of course it's going to take twice as long. You know, exactly, that's kinda, yeah. That has to be expected. You oh, know? right, um, absolutely. But I'm going to swing back to that later, because Jordan Peele being involved in a horror game is exciting. To me. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, but, yeah, best performance... For Asterion in Baldur's Gate 3 went to Neil Newbonwins. Oh, Neil Newbon. Uh, I think I forgot to put a space there. Oh. <laughs> I, think, I wow. think it's actually, it's supposed to be Neil, it's supposed to be Neil Newborn. Uh, they were rushing through so much of this that I had to type fast. Okay, fair. Notes. All right, yep. But yeah, Neil Newborn, um, which I kind of saw that coming, but I also would not have been surprised if it was Ben Starr from six, Final Fantasy sixteen or Yuri right. from Spider-Man, because they're both really good, too. Um, I half expected it to go to Idris Elba, honestly, just because he's yeah, a popular one. But, yeah. 
people love the character of Asterion, so... Um... And Matthew McConaughey is starring in a sci-fi horror game called Exodus. They had me sold at Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> the fuck? And yes, think, please, I sign think, me up. I think he also said that it's like a narrative-focused game with choices and stuff. Yes, so. yes. Oh, no, dude, I'm excited for that. I can't... I, and he, his, he said that his character is going to have a relationship with each and every player. Uh, sign me up. Yes, please. You, you you got me sold. <laughs> um, one of the biggest like mind blowing drops of the night was the free DLC coming to God of War. Ragnarok Dude, I lost my shit. Like, bro, I thought it was another. I thought they were doing an. I thought they were doing another God of War game. To be completely honest. I did at first too, and I was like, already, already, <laughs> um, like, dude, another fuck. No, but this but, is coming out next week on Tuesday, December twelfth. For it's the God of War Ragnarok free DLC, Valhalla. I'm excited. Yep. I am excited for this. Yep, it's completely free. Um, kind of a story expansion. Uh, it looks like it takes place after the game. And apparently it plays like a roguelike. So, so I need to... Interesting. I need, I need to finish God of War Ragnarok, first of all, before I can even touch this DLC. Yeah. I, it's, um, that's, I've been putting that one off for so long. But I need to finish House of Ashes first. And then... Yeah. yeah. Do a watch through of your... Uh, Let's play of the devil in me. So do you remember what we predicted for best narrative? Um, I don't remember. I think I might have voted for Final Fantasy 16 on that one. But like, I think, I'm not sure. I think I predicted that Baldur's Gate 3 would win best narrative because it has complete player agency and like like the choices, the choices you can make and how they affect the story in that game are completely boundless. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alan Wake 2 was the winner of Best Narrative, which doesn't surprise me. That would have been my second guess because that game is literally a story about a story. Like, right, narrative, yeah. N- narrative is one of the main focuses in it, you know? Right. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. It's a very layered, kind of confusing story. Um, but, you know, the simplest way anyone can put it is that, uh, a guy who writes horror stories wakes up inside one that he doesn't remember writing. You know? It's very, um... Stephen King or uh, David Lynch style. Okay. So that doesn't... That doesn't surprise me. What does surprise me, however, is Cocoon winning best debut indie game. I thought for sure Dredge had that in the bag. I thought for sure it was gonna be Dredge. <laughs> yeah, no, I... think I, I might... Yeah, I thought Dredge I was. I thought it was going to be Dredge too. The way you were talking about it when we were doing our predictions episode. I can't remember what I was. Uh, I can't remember which one I voted for as far as debut indie game. Um, it might have been. No, it wasn't Chia. I think that was indie game. Um, but yeah. I I might have voted for Dredge, I don't know, but I thought for sure Dredge was going to have it in the bag because so many people were talking about that one this year. 
And um, that was one of the things they showed, too, I wasn't expecting at the mm-hmm. show, is that Dredge and Dave the Diver, two of the nominees last night, uh, are doing a crossover game. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, I Okay, so this, this, Sega, this Sega trailer, dude. Yeah. I, there was a couple of things that caught my attention. And I don't really know about know too much about uh, Shinobi Golden Axe, but the two that really um, that really stood out to me were Crazy Taxi because the first thing I saw the first thing I I'm like oh, they're doing another another Crazy Taxi game when I saw that license plate, mm-hmm. and yep. I got super excited to see a new Jet Set Radio game. Uh, that that dude, I fucking love yeah. Jet Set Radio. So they're saying this is like a Sega revival. Some of them are going to be like remakes or remasters, and others are going to be like whole new games in the franchises. Right. Something something that stood out to me is that when I saw Five the Golden X, new games, the Man. Golden X, uh, the Golden X footage was in 3D, and those games are like kind of a more like classic arcadey side scroller type usually mm-hmm. so and then they turned it into a 3d action game and yeah jet set radio games are always great or jet set radio future hell I think yeah that one was yep and jet cra- set radio crazy future. crazy taxi was always fun that was just like chaos like you pick people up and you have to drive them to an area before the time runs out and you're like destroying half the city as you get there it looks like they added cop chases to this version of it yeah, uh, from what I saw in the trailer, which wasn't yeah. in the original, if I remember correctly. Okay. So that's uh, that's interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I um, um this this next one uh, over the last several years, I've become a huge fan of the supermassive uh, games. Mm-hmm. And. I've played Dead by Daylight maybe once or twice. It's fun. I'm excited to see what they're gonna do. Uh, with I'm 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 excited to see what Supermassive Games is gonna do with a a universe like Dead by Daylight. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be multiplayer at first because I saw four characters and it's in that world. But then they right. said it was a sing- a single player game after the trailer. So yeah. I'm guessing it's it's a choice, you know, ba- it- basically a choice based narrative game. I am yeah. excited. I cannot fucking wait. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Not a huge fan of the Dead by Daylight game, but I do. It looks like what I saw in the trailer. I can't remember the name of it, but the name of the whole thing. It was like Frank something or another, but the the story of this is based off one of the the monsters in that game named Frank. Um, okay. From what I saw. So, um, yeah, and um, another announcement that stood out to me, uh, there's a Square Enix series called Trials of Man- Mana, Legends of Mana, all that. Well, they're making a new one called Visions of Mana. A, um, okay. Um action rpg franchise with um like jrpg animation but Mm -hmm. it play but it it plays more more real time i want to say there's a bunch of different ones um several of them are free on playstation plus right now actually like the remasters of the old ones um Mm -hmm. but this is exciting for me because it's been a long time since we've gotten a mana game and those visuals were beautiful 
No, I believe it. No, yeah, no, that, it, it looked like an amazing game. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and Rise of the Ronin. Yeah. Coming, uh, f- from Team Ninja uh, is finally getting a release date uh, next March. I know a lot of people have been looking forward to this. Now, I know just from looking at it that it's going to be... If it's from Team Ninja, then it's probably going to play like Ninja Gaiden or Neo, which means it's going to be really hard. Right. Um, so not exactly for me, but um, you know what's funny? In one of the original Ninja Gaiden games, if you die so many times in the first level, this mm. oracle will come to you, talk about how disappointed they are in you, and then turn the game difficulty down and put a red scarf on you permanently to show that uh, that you that, are playing on easy mode. That's a fun, um, that, Wow. Called out funny. by the game itself. Goddamn. Yeah, some games call you out for playing on easy, like Wolfen- the Wolfenstein games, which are notoriously difficult. They are um, a um, first-person shooter where you're taking down Nazis uh-huh. um, in a in like an alternate history setting, and it's very steampunk. They got like war mechs and stuff. Okay. Um, well, if you <laughs> the easy difficulty modes on that game are called things like please don't hurt me daddy and shit like that. <laughs> and it shows a picture of a dude with a pacifier in his mouth <laughs> jesus um, christ that's fucking funny yes but um i know a lot of people are excited for this now do you remember what we, what we predicted for best action game i don't remember I'm pretty sure I predicted the winner, Armored Core 6, because I said this is a game from From Software who do the Dark Souls games, so it's probably going to win. Wasn't Spider-Man one of the nominees for this? If it was, then... No, that was um, Action Adventure. This one is just the the action category, which was more focused on games that are, like, all about, like, combat and fast-paced movement and shit like that. Okay. Yeah, action-adventure games are more like your typical, like, open-world or, like, point gotcha. A to point okay. B okay. That, type, that makes sense. type style. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Um, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I guessed this one. Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah. It, it came as no surprise to me. I've heard good things about it. It is the sixth game in a very long-running franchise that started on the PS1, I think. Okay. Um, so... Best art um, direction goes to Alan Wake Two. Did not expect this. I um, and as much as I'm glad to see Alan Wake Two get get a, another win, I'm not even entirely sure if I agree with it to be honest. Because half of the game's cutscenes are in live action. Um, okay. And I mean, granted, they do a lot of cool stuff with light and darkness. That's like a whole point of it. But yeah. It look. It doesn't look that different from any typical, like, third-person horror game, like Resident Evil or something, you know, graphically. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, got your regular graphics. Hi-Fi Rush should have won this, in my opinion, because it does something different with its art. It looks like a comic book, you know? Okay. It's very vibrant and colorful and standout-ish. Yeah. And I thought for sure it was going to win that. I am beyond surprised to see Alan Wake 2 winning this, but not mad. <laughs> Right. You know. Um, do you remember what you predicted for that one? I don't. I think I think honestly, I think I I, I predicted and voted for Alan Wake too. Okay. Um the next two categories were this is when they started rapid firing some of them. Um, yep. be- best VR game and best mobile game. Um 
which went to Resident Resident Evil Village, got the best VR game, and mm-hmm. Honkai Star Rail won the best mobile game. Yep. And I'm pretty sure I, I predicted both of these. Yeah. It was actually really, um, uh, really exciting to see Jordan Peele uh, at the Game Awards. Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah. Before I get there, though, I do want to say I'm glad that Honkai Star Rail won Best Mobile Game. I've been playing that on the PS5, and I really enjoy it. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, it was in my nominee list for the top for the top ten contest video. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'm not surprised that that won. Resident Evil Village winning Best VR Game, though, um, I'm not surprised, but I feel like there were a couple of better VR games that should have been nominated this, and they weren't even nominated, like Seventh Guest. Yeah. Um, but, oh well. But yeah, yeah, Hideo Kojima and Jordan Peele working on a horror game called OD, yes. which makes makes me think it's a spiritual successor to PT. Right. Okay. This next one, when the, the uh, this world premier- were you gonna say were oh. you gonna say something about Jordan Peele? No, I was I was just saying it. It was it was really exciting to see him uh, at the Game Awards, having like he's finally dipping his hands into the the video game world. Yeah, and Jordan Peele has made some amazing horror movies. Get out, <laughs> us, and Nope. Um, yes. So seeing him have a hand in what Hideo Kojima described as it's a game, but it's also a movie, but it's also a new type of media. Um, Yeah, that's exciting. It is exciting because Hideo Kojima does weird experimental shit and ends up creating new genres. When he made Death Stranding, Uh that is the first and only game in a genre known as the Strand genre. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, and... Metal Gear Solid was more of like a action stealth kind of franchise, but mm-hmm. Death Death Stranding was something completely different. Like okay. they nothing nothing like it had ever been done before. No one had ever done a game where you are like carrying packages across the wilderness to deliver them to survivors of an apocalypse while avoiding giant tar monsters. Yeah, you know that was uh, and not only that, but in that game. Other players, you didn't have players in your world, but because of the online connection abilities, other players could create things like ladders and ropes and stuff to help traverse in their world, and hmm. you can, f- and they would show up in your world too. Like, Interesting. Pe- like, like the the like you can benefit from other people's progress okay. in that game. Yep, and it was all about like, and, but bro, there were points where I was like walking with like a stack of packages on my back, like. At least a good seven feet high. Jesus uh, Christ. The balance was crazy, and you get upgrades and vehicles and stuff eventually so you can carry more stuff, and you can build roads so you can drive trucks to carry more stuff, and then when you get to the snowy mountains, you can start building zip lines to get around faster. Mm. It was so good, so weird. A, a little scary, but not horror. Just kind of like, it flirts with it a little bit. Yeah. Um. And, uh... Also, the whole time you're carrying a baby in a tube on your chest that you have to take care of too. Oh Jesus! Like Christ. if you, like if you're, if you're, if you lose your balance and fall down, the baby will start crying, and you actually have to like, you know, like rock the controller back and forth to soothe it. Jesus shit. Christ! Okay. Um, it was such a weird, such an amazing game. Hideo Kojima is a he's a mad he's like a mad scientist, the mad scientist of video games. Like fair he's a, enough. A, 
he's a crazy genius, you know? Like, okay. well, yeah, like he's, he's a genius, but he's insane. Yeah. Like, at the same right. time. And I love him for it. I'm surprised he's doing another horror game though. Cause he said working on PT before it got canceled, gave him nightmares. Oh, shit. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, no, but he's, He's flirted with horror before. In one of the, the the very first Metal Gear Solid game, there's a character called Psychomantis who can like turn invisible. He's a ninja. Okay. But he does this weird this weird fourth wall breaking shit where he can read your memory card data mm. and like talk about how much time you've put into games. That's and then he, fucking uh, funny. And like at one point to turn the battle in his favor, he forces you to switch the controller over to port two to keep going. Jesus Christ. It's, Stuff like that, yeah, yeah, and only Kojima has done shit like this. Other games, like Fatal Frame, which is a horror game, have tried to do that. Fatal Frame does, or not Fatal Frame, uh, uh, Darkness Insanity's Requiem or some shit like that it was called. It was a GameCube game, but it did these weird tricks where, um, like, the more your character's sanity went down like the more sanity you lost uh-huh. the more weird shit the more weird shit you'd start seeing like images of ghosts popping up and at times it would like make you think that your game crashed by showing like the video input screen like you'd see on old TVs but oh, it was geez. actually part of the it was actually part of the game okay. you know at one time at one time the game claims that your save file is corrupted even though it's not it's just stuff it the game tried to reach out of the game and scare the player that's in, fucking like, psycholo- insane. psychological ways yeah. So, I love when games do stuff like that. It's very uh, innovative, very creative. Yeah. And I've loved everything Kojima's ever done, so I'm excited to see whatever the hell this is right. <laughs> when it comes out. Especially with Jordan Peele working with him. Right. That man has made nothing but good movies so far. Exactly. So, you know me, I'm not a huge survival survival horror game person. But when I when I heard the th- I already knew it was something that had something to do with Jurassic Park before it the before the yeah. title even came across the stream because you that that is theme music you cannot mistake, dude. I I am so excited for this. I will actually I will probably end up end up end up dropping the money for this. I would love to play this game. Yeah, it looked interesting. It I, does. I was interested in it. It looks really good. Um. Yeah. Um. And like the scene that was in the trailer is a scene straight out of the first movie. Yep. Sure yeah. is. So that was pretty cool too. Oh, I'm um, so excited. I was surprised that Hi-Fi Rush won Best Audio Design, like because. Best audio design is not soundtrack. Hi-Fi Rush has a great soundtrack, but audio design is like the sound effects and stuff in a game. Yeah. Um, Although in a way I can kind of see, because the game, since you're like fighting and moving to the rhythm of the music, um, if you struggle with the rhythm, there is a metronome feature that you can turn on that kind of like helps you time your button prompts. Oh yeah, Um, that's, that's pretty cool. So I I guess I can understand why I would get it for that. But when I think audio design, I'm thinking more like if you're playing a horror game with headphones on and you hear like spooky shit in the distance and like the water dripping off the ceiling and stuff. Right, yeah. I was really expecting this to go to like Resident Evil 4 or like Dead Space or something because audio is one of the most important parts of the horror experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm not disappointed in it, but like I am surprised. (laughs) Right. 
Chia wins the ga- uh, Games for Impact Award. Uh, the, the, you know you've talked about this one uh, a couple times on the uh, here on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had... think it won. I think it won because of uh, its representation of New Caledonian culture. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, it's, I think it's really so. good at that. Yeah. I voted it... for. I voted for Goodbye Volcano High in this. I wasn't expecting it to win, but that was like. Goodbye Volcano High is like literally a game about a bunch of high school students uh, finding out that they're all going to die when a meteor hits at the end of the week and they're just like trying to make the best of it, like making the most out of their lives before it happens. And it gets like, and all it's all, it's dinosaurs, but right. like in a modern age, there's a lot of LGBTQIA plus representation. There's, um, and a lot of it depends on your choices, the conversations you get, but I got a conversation. The main character is non-binary and some of the characters are transgender. And there was a conversation that you have with one of them at one point where they both talk about like how they feel so misunderstood by their parents and their parents keep using their dead names and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and like mis misgendering them. And it was mm-hmm. a very powerful conversation. Makes um, sense. You know, it sounds like so a good game. Yeah. I, calling it a game is kind of generous though. It's really more of an interactive cartoon. That's fair. Um, with, with the, the the only part of it that's a game is when they're doing the songs and it's a, it turns into a rhythm game mm-hmm. at that part. Yeah. But Outside of those parts, it's literally nothing but cutscenes and dialogue choices. Fair enough. But you would love it. I, I think. I think you really would. Um, okay. And I'll it does. It doesn't matter it if you. F- it doesn't matter if you fuck up the songs. It just changes the post cutscene because the story basically ends the same way no matter what. It's really a. This is more about the journey than the destination. Type. Fair of enough. Game. That makes sense. Um. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked it. There were some moments where I actually started tearing up playing that game. Damn, so, okay. So I was really hoping it would win this, but I'm happy with Chia winning this too. Right. I'm not uh, surprised. Um, I haven't played Venba yet. I remember it was one of the nominees, but I have downloaded it on Game Pass, and I've seen trailers for it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's basically a cooking game, from what I can tell. Yeah, that's what I part. gathered too. <clears throat> But, um, oh, this is exciting. The developers of Life is Strange are making another game called Lost Records, and it looks like it plays like the Life is Strange games where you make choices and stuff, and it's got the same art style. Okay. It's so good. Life is Strange is another franchise that you would really like because it's one of those, like, choice-based franchises, you know? Yeah. It's one of those, like, narrative-focused, you're making dialogue options. It's a little more gameplay heavy than most games like that there's a bit more walking around and exploring than those game types usually have uh-huh. um and the f- the fir- the first one is really good because um in that one your main character has the ability to rewind time with photos and okay. that plays into the ch- the choices that you make yeah okay and um there is there's a whole franchise there. Uh, besides Life is Strange, there's also um, there's an in-between game. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but in that one, you play as a character named Chloe, who's the best friend of... Um, oh, it's called Before the Storm, right? It's a prequel to the first game. Kind of shows you the story of another character leading up to the events of the first game. And then in Life is Strange 2, 
you play as a pair of Mexican brothers who are on the run from the police after an accident because your little brother has psychic powers. And uh, there is a um, the a part where the police unjustifiably shoot their dad and kill him, so the brother freaks out with the powers, and now they're on the run. Okay. Um, and then the the final one is called Life is Strange True Colors, and in that one you play as an empath who can see people's auras and feel their okay. emotions. So I really like all of them. They're I'll they're, they're so good. Them. I'll have to check um, some of them out sometime. Yeah, True Colors I think is the best one, but they're all great. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to Lost Records because it's the same developer, and they're also the developer. Don't nod behind that upcoming um, action RPG Banishers Ghosts okay. of Eden okay. that's coming out next month, which is a completely different style right. game for them, but. I'm very much looking forward to that too because it's like it's a fantasy action mm. RPG where your companion is a, go- okay. a ghost. Um, that's that's yeah. pretty cool, you know. Final Fantasy <sighs> 16 wins best soundtrack. I'm happy with that. I wanted it to be Alan Wake too because of the old gods right. of Asgard, but I can um, but I can live with this because Final Fantasy music always slaps. Oh, like, yeah, fair. Square Square Enix is really good at music. I mean, just listen to the soundtrack for Kingdom Hearts. You I, know? Like, dude, that's 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 sleepy time music for me. Some of it, but not all of it. Some yeah, because there are there are some like the battle music is always like upbeat, but then there's also like you know like the piano melody in the opening of the game that's more slow. Yeah, um, no, I dude, I I I um I uh. I could just I fall asleep listening to music all the time. Like Speaking doesn't doesn't old... matter what kind of music if it's upbeat, slow, or shit. Right. Yeah, I fall asleep very often listening to this twenty four seven live stream lo fi channel on YouTube, uh, Game Chops, where they they stream um, basically lo fi remixes of music from different video games. Um, and stuff. It's not just video games, though. They've also recently dived into a few other areas, too. Like, there is, um... Oh, they do, there's a lo-fi remix they play of that Miley Cyrus song, F- Flowers, that I really like. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good song. Like, I really like the lo-fi remix of it. It's, okay. Uh, got a nice... Got a nice tune to it, and they've also done remixes of some other songs, like Thriller and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um... But speaking of music, before we move on, let's talk a little bit about the live performances that happened. Um, there were there were some pretty good ones. Um, first of all, the Game Awards Orchestra is always fantastic, and I see that yes. the flute guy. So last year there was a lot of memes about this guy playing the flute because he went super hard on it. It mm-hmm. was the guy with the crazy hair. Yeah. So it looks like this year they doubled down on it and gave him like a big ass oversized flute. <laughs> um, yeah, they did. It was kind of funny to see. But it was. They always do those orchestral performances are always um like um they always do it at the end of the show for game of the year and mm-hmm. they play a little bit of music from each nominee and it flows into each they all flow into each other so seamlessly. It was that orchestra so, is very it was so cool. very talented. It was so cool to see. And, 
that orchestra actually did a concert earlier this year. They did the like the um, the Game Awards 10th anniversary concert back in June, uh-huh. and apparently they they played like like they they played popular music from several different games, like previous Game of the Year winners and stuff. That's amazing for that concert. Um. Also in the music department, uh, we had. I was not expecting to see Aerith from Final Fantasy VII doing a musical number uh, right. here, and then on, and then with that musical number, we got a bomb ass trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. A lot of scenes in which, if you know, for those of us who played the the original PS One game, some of those scenes mean a lot. Right. <laughs> um, and that was beautiful, but. And then we also had like this, um, like cultural native performance mm-hmm. from this um, this Celtic band uh, for Hellblade Two. Yeah, another game I'm very very excited for. Um, the first Hellblade is probably one of the most accurate depictions of mental health in a horror game I've ever seen. Fair enough. And the whole thing is wrapped completely in Norse mythology. That as is well, amazing. On top of it. There's a full-on boss battle with Fenrir in the first game. Um, it's one of those, like... It's one of those I thought was underrated, but people are really excited for Hellblade 2, and it's going to be free on Xbox Game Pass when it comes out next year. Nice. And I cannot fucking wait, because the first one was my 2017 Game of the Year. Nice. Um, and Melina Jurgens, who plays uh, Senua in that game won best performance that year. And she was the one who came up to, uh, announce the band and the new trailer. And the reason they gave her best performance is because she did the whole thing in mocap and she channeled some of her real life pain and struggles with mental health into the character. Damn. So in that, in that game, some of the screaming and crying that she's doing is actually real <laughs> and not just acting. Damn. Yeah. Okay, so, I need to get my hands on 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 Hellblade One. Mm-hmm. Which is still available on PlayStation. I think the second one is only going to be on Xbox because they bought um they bought the developer, but the first one right. was on PlayStation as well. That's where I played it the first time, got the platinum, and I went back and made a music video out of it with help from Funky Hurdles. <laughs> yeah, it was actually the last collaboration we ever did. It was our big like final like like the last music video we made together before he moved okay. he moved on to other things. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so now uh I make music videos with different music whenever I do, but um Right. So and then of course the old gods of Asgard performed Herald of Darkness. This Oh dude, that was amazing. This was That was so um, cool to see. Yeah. So this was Poets of the Fall first time performing live as the old gods of asgard they've performed live as themselves before but this was the first time doing live as their fictional band from the alan wake games um that's pretty cool yeah because the old gods of asgard are kind of like the gorillas they're not real they don't actually exist they only exist in the universe of the games but having them jump out of the games onto the stage is kind of like fits perfectly in with the whole meta narrative aspect of alan wake too uh-huh. so right that game constantly breaks the fourth wall like the 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 plot of a book that he wrote in the game is the plot of the game itself <laughs> so okay yeah and they're always winking and nodding at the camera type shit and like not physically but like the game is self right. very self-aware um right i will say it was pointed out to me that they pantomimed their performance um and i didn't see a lot of people talking about that but 
I do know that when bands do live performances on TV, like SNL or Super Bowl, sometimes they will uh, they will either lip sync or pantomime the performance to cut down on production costs and budget stuff. Um, pantomime, what is that? It's when you're not actually playing the instruments. Like the the music is playing like on a on a record through the speakers or something, but the but oh, but you're pre- you're pretending to play the instruments. Now, obviously, they actually play instruments because they make the songs. You know, like they've yeah, you know, in the studio when they're recording, they're actually playing the instruments. But when they did this live performance, and I think it might have been intentional, they weren't actually playing the instruments. I do think they were actually singing, but I, I think didn't pi- I, I I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, it's. Uh, Brian picked up on it and told me, but, like, he's in a band, so he notices stuff like that. Right, right, right. Um, I saw a few people mention something about it online, but not many people said anything about it. But I do also think, like, um, I think it also is kind of fitting because in the game itself, when they perform that song, they're basically a band for a talk show at that point in the story. And... Yeah, so maybe, maybe it's intentional, but I think, what I think happened was, apparently they were a last minute addition based off of, like, people begging Jeff to get them there, like, people were like, Jeff, you gotta get the old gods of Asgard, so they were kinda like, a last minute addition, I think, and- That's pretty cool, though, that they were able to pull that off. And the lead singer was really jet-lagged, because they flew in from Finland. (laughs) Um, Right. So, and they only had one night to rehearse, so I think either something went wrong during rehearsal, or they decided to pantomime uh, to cut back on on the production cost of it, you know? Right. Um, It's a lot easier to play the song on a CD and pretend to play the instruments and sing to it than it is to, like, actually perform it live. Yeah, right. Um, And, you know, since everything was being so rushed and they were low on time, it kind of makes sense. But the song yeah. was really the song was really good. The live action actor for Alan Wake dancing on stage with uh, that Sam was Lake. pretty cool. Yeah, dancing with um Sam Lake and the Shadow People was really yeah mm-hmm. really cool. That choreographed dance. The reason they were able to do that so well is because it's the same exact dance from the game, like in the music video sense. and stuff. Yeah. So, so they already had that down because they'd already practiced it for the game. <laughs> um, right. No, that makes sense. And it was cool to see Alan Wake's voice actor uh, doing his lines off stage, um, who also plays Doctor Casper Darling in Control, and um, the guy who plays. I was very happy to see the guy who plays Mister Door uh, there as well because you can't do that song without him. Him and Alan's mm-hmm. lines are a very important part of the song. Um, Dylan once described Old Gods of Asgard as Swedish Metallica. Um, okay. And I can see it. Their songs definitely have a very like '90s rock leaning sound with some Norse yes. Norse mythology thrown in. Um, yes, and like the lyrics of all their songs are literally about the games they're from. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was so cool to see, and uh, I was happy with it. Ryan said it was still a good performance, and it was. It oh, was it was. Just, it was. It was good. I liked it. It was just hard for him to not notice that particular thing it doesn't Mm -hmm. it doesn't didn't take away from it though it was still um still really cool yeah that mute that song when it happens in alan wake 2 is like the best part of that entire game (laughs) by a a large margin it's so cool when it happens and like because you're going through this like 
backstage area and you're fighting off the Taken while the videos uh, pop up in the background, like big screens in the background have like the live action scenes from the music video playing on it. And Mm -hmm. the song, it's a dynamic song. So it adjusts to your, to your playing. Like certain parts of the song won't kick in until you pass a certain, a certain threshold on the path. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay. And there's like, they're doing dancing and stuff. And there are times where the dancing is actually them telling you where to go. Like they'll swing their arms around and like point their fingers one way or the other. And it's like telling you to go that way. It is, Mm -hmm. So cool and so well done. They have another song in that game, two others, but the other one that takes place during gameplay is called Dark Ocean Summoning. And it okay. happens It happens while you're fighting off wave after wave of enemy at a section near the end of the game, and it's gotcha. so cool. Okay. Yeah. And at that point, the old gods of Asgard in the present are actually old guys, but because every everybody has powers in this universe when they go mm. to perform their music is actually magic and they project an image of their younger selves on the sky while they're performing and they look and sound younger but it's all done through magic it's crazy um mm. i love it so great musical see, performances at the game awards last night <laughs> absolutely sea of stars wins best indie game not surprised. Saw that coming a mile away. I was, um, that game, very popular this year, and it was free on PlayStation Plus and Game Pass. Um, okay. It takes us back to kind of like the olden days of turn-based JRPGs, um, and that is, okay. that's a, a big thing for a lot of people. So, right. Not surprised at all. Baldur's Gate 3 won Best Community Support, which means... Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. I've heard that the developers are very transparent with their fans and they listen to the the feedback and they, you know, they're very quick about updating and patching the game with the stuff people want. Yeah. Ryan last night, he was kind of like, damn, I need to get a copy of Baldur's Gate 3. And then one of his friends ended up buying it for him, apparently. There you go. Gifted it to him on Steam. Nice. Street Fighter Five. Are, six. Wow, six Street Fighter. Wow, Street Fighter Six wins best fighting game. Yep, I figured you'd be happy about that. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I think it was also your prediction. Mm, yeah, prediction. I think my prediction was Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Mortal Kombat one. I'm actually surprised that one didn't win. Right. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Um, like genuinely surprised. I think Mortal Kombat is more popular than Street Fighter, but Street Fighter's got a big crowd, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. And I know you like that franchise, I think you said before. I've I've dabbled in Street Fighter a little bit here and there. Hadouken! (laughs) And uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the second entry in the, the remake trilogy, won the most anticipated game of 2024 award, which doesn't surprise me at all. Um, Right. If it wasn't that, it was going to be Hades too. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. I didn't think it was going to go to Star Wars Outlaws because people are skeptical of Ubisoft. And um, I didn't think it was going to go to Tekken 8 because fighting games are niche. It was definitely going to be one of those two. Yeah. You know. I thought it was cool that they announced oh. a, uh, a, a Blade game. That That's pretty cool. Yes. Yes. Coming mm-hmm. from Arcane Studios, a subsidiary of Bethesda. Um, 
So Bethesda is the publisher and Arcane is the developer. And Arcane is responsible okay. for Dishonored and Deathloop. And Deathloop was the winner of a, mm. a couple awards last year. So um, Dis- Dishonored is a game where you play as an assassin and you're going around taking out a bunch of targets and you can choose to be wild and violent you can choose to be stealthy you can choose like seven different ways to kill them like one of the first target you can like just sneak up and stab them you can poison their drink and then hide in the rafters and watch them die you can okay throw them out the window there's so many things you can do and dishonored gets different endings depending on how chaotic or like stealthy you are (laughs) um okay and Deathloop is a game is a roguelike about um so you play as a guy who has to kill seven different targets, but at the same time, you're being hunted by someone else who's trying to kill you, and you have to try and kill these seven targets before, oh. before the person hunting you kills you. And okay. if you play online, the, the, the person hunting you can be another player. Um, mm-hmm. But if you play offline, then it's just an NPC. But that's the whole point of the game is that... um, And if you don't kill all seven targets before they kill you, you try again, but you get to carry over all your upgrades and shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think... I think if I had to choose, I think Blade will probably play more like Dishonored. Um, Probably. I can see that happening. Um, I'm excited, though, because, I mean, he's... um, Blade is a very underrated Marvel character, I think. Oh, absolutely, yes. So, and the fact that it's taking place in Paris. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's a uh, vampire that kills vampires. Yeah. Oh, and this made me happy. Anthony Mackie came out to announce that because of the overwhelmingly positive reception to Season 1, Twisted Metal 2 will be getting a Season 2, or Twisted Metal will be getting a season two on Peacock, and, you know, based off the ending of the first season, the second season is probably going to be a death game tournament. Like, yeah, they're, they're, it's going to be like the games, like the actual video games. Mm-hmm. Um, the first Oops. season was a lot of setup, but the season two is where it's actually going to be like the game, and I can't wait. They they promise so much. Um, I think in season two, we're going to get Dollface, Mr. Grimm, and Axel. Um, I liked seeing so, I liked seeing Samoa Joe as uh, Sweet Tooth in this. It mm-hmm. was pretty cool was as pretty the cool. as the body actor and him mm-hmm. and uh, his body acting along with Will Arnett's voice acting fits perfectly. Yeah, it's oh, so absolutely. well done. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven wins best ongoing game. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Their 2.0 update basically rehauled the entire game. Like, it basically, like, refreshed it and, like, gave it a huge quality of life improvement. And um, Really? I, added, I haven't touched it since the 2.0. And they added so many new features and fixed mm-hmm. pretty much everything that was wrong with it before. Um, okay. It's almost like an entirely different game now. Really? Uh, well, then I need to jump back into it. Yep, it, it, uh, yeah, in I, a good way. Plus, they got the Phantom Liberty DLC recently, so that's a, you know... I need to get that. Um, so, I could... This... Before oh, I, I do want to say... Wait, before you get there, I do want to say... I'm, I am surprised that it, that Cyberpunk won that category, though. I do think it deserves it, but I'm surprised that it won that category in comparison to things like... Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and No Man's Sky, where they've been like super mm-hmm. transparent and like basically crawled their way up from the grave 
to get where they yeah. are now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this next one was no surprise to anyone. No, I... Before they even before they even said who was gonna win this one, I knew it was gonna be The Last of Us. The Last of Us has been the the most talked about video game adaptation of this year. <coughs> yeah, and it's also very well done, objectively yes. speaking. And we, um, it yeah, it's super faithful to the game, and everything that it adds that wasn't in the game is a is a benefit like it's uh it yeah makes the, sh- the show better i i mean this might be controversial but i think the show is actually better than the first game and okay overall and like story-wise and not only that this might be weird too but i liked the last of us part two better than the first one and that is a super hot take and mm. Uh, so I'm excited for season two. Like I hope, yeah. I hope, I hope they stick with what they did. I hope they don't change things to appease the crybabies. I hope they stick with what happened in the games, um, because yeah. La- the Last of Us Part Two, so many people die in that game. There is so oh, much I death in that it. game, left and right. Now, the Last of Us Part One, there are a few characters, you know, like, you know, um, here and there that you get close to mm-hmm. that you lose. But The Last of Us Part Two is like Walking Dead or Game of Thrones level of death. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and even especially in terms of killing off major characters, too. So Yeah, no, I need to finish the first season. I need so, to start yeah. it over. I need to start I need to start I need to start fresh and start over. I'm thinking I'm, I think that's what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do over our uh, our winter break after we record the, for the uh, the Christmas episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put down some time for to watch The Last of Us. As much as I like the Mario movie and Twisted Metal, um, yeah, The Last of Us was the only right answer for that. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, there was no other. Now this is interesting. Light No Fire was announced, which is a multiplayer metaverse game with no boundaries from the team behind No Man's Sky. Now. Here's what I find funny about this. Well, everyone knows that when No Man's Sky first came out, it did not deliver on its promises, and people were no. not happy with it. But it is now what it was supposed to be then. It's come a long way, and it's good now. So Ten years in the making, right? And they were kind of self-aware about this when they announced yeah. it, but it does seem kind of funny to me after the kerfuffle with his last game that Sean Murray um, from Hello Games is willing to make another huge promise like this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, this This has, like, um, I mean, because Starfield promised a lot, too, and ended up being disappointed. So, but from what I saw of this, Light No Fire and all that, it looks like it's basically a game where you can, you and your friends can just travel to all kinds of different worlds. You know, you can go swimming under the water, you can go flying on dragons, you can go mountain climbing, you can, you know, run around oh, yeah. in a grassy place. Like, it, it's literally a game where you and your friends can do whatever. You can do anything. Big open world metaverse to play in. Um, pretty fucking much. And I am definitely going to keep an eye on it because I want to see how it does. Yeah, um, no, it does sound interesting. Hell, we could even do a Let's Play of it at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we probably could. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom won Best Action Adventure Game. I want to point out that out of the six Game of the Year nominees, the only two to not win anything besides Spider-Man 2 was also Resident Evil 4. 
Both of those yep. games didn't win a single thing. That sure, being yep, said, sure didn't. Mario and Zelda both only won one award the entire night. Yep. So this was a Baldur's Gate Alan Wake sweep uh, for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah, pretty fucking es- much. Especially Baldur's Gate. Um, yeah, no, they, they took home the show. But I know that the Zelda games are good, and I think the I think the, the gimmick in Tears of the Kingdom is that you can craft and create, like, weird contraptions and vehicles and stuff, and people mm-hmm. have have made some very goofy shit uh yeah in that in that so um i i still haven't finished breath of the wild but i want to so that i can play this one um mm-hmm. so it's on my uh it's on my list of shame of things that i'm ashamed i haven't finished yet oh <laughs> uh, fair <laughs> so and Baldur's Gate 3 won Best RPG. I think I voted for Final Fantasy 16 here. This was also the yes. only only category Starfield was nominated in. Of course, it yep. didn't win, but it doesn't surprise me that Baldur's Gate won this category because it's literally Dungeons & Dragons. Um, Pretty fucking much. And player complete player agency, like I said before, you can um, basically build a whole party of miscreants. You can... Mm-hmm. Have sex with all of them if you want to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when it plays like D&D in the sense that when you're doing dialogue options, like if you want to intimidate or persuade someone, you have to pass a yeah. check. You, mm-hmm. you have to uh, pass a, a stat check. So it takes your yep. character's already existing stats and adds it to a dice roll. And if you get over a certain number, you pass. And if you get below a certain number, you fail. And that's how D&D is played. So. Right. Um, so it makes sense. The combat is like, I don't want to say turn-based. I want to say more like tactical strategy based. It's closer to like XCOM or Mario plus Rabbids kind of style. Um, Mm -hmm. but everything is still like, you can move a certain amount of, of spaces. You can Mm -hmm. attack enemies that are within your attack range, just like any tactic scheme, but there is, you know, dice roll stuff involved too. Um, yeah. And there's so much freedom in it you can like i like i think i said before the first act ends with like a goblin war and you can choose like three or four different ways to handle that um i mean there's a you can literally have sex with a bear in this game if you want jesus christ okay i think one of the characters that are magic they can turn into a giant bear or something you don't actually get to see the sex scene but it cuts over to a squirrel watching and the (laughs) the squirrel like I think it's like a squirrel or a chipmunk, but the squirrel is like holding a nut and it just drops it and its mouth drops open. And it's got like this, <laughs> this got this like, that's horrified, amazing. Horrified look of what the fuck on its face. That's yeah. amazing. So it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. This one best RPG. It is the most RPG RPG ever made, you know? Yes. And then um, Pikmin four wins best strategy game. I think I predicted that one. You did. And I was surprised to see this, too. I was expecting it to be something more, like, RTS-focused or something, but Mm -hmm. shit, Pikmin 4. uh, I'm surprised. I haven't heard anything about that game. I haven't heard anyone talk about that game. No, but I know the Pikmin games are, they've got a huge following. That's true. It is a a Nintendo franchise. Yeah, exactly. Um. But yeah, you did predict this one. I can't remember the one I predicted. Um, I probably should have kept note of that, but that's okay. 
not surprised uh, to see Forza Motorsport winning best sports racing game, especially when the competition was basically a soccer game and right. whatever else. <laughs> you know. I can't even remember what all was in this category for the most part, to be honest. I remember there was I know a the F- Hot Wheels game the Hot Wheels game was in there. Okay, yep, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um yeah, and the crew motors, the crew, the crew motorsport was in there too. The crew motor fest, yeah, that's the one I motor voted fest, for. Yeah. yeah, I was kind of hoping to see that win because uh, it's a car yeah. PG, but yeah. um, right. I can, I, I can respect Forza Motorsport winning. I like the Forza Horizon yeah. games better, but Forza, but Motorsport probably deserves it. Wasn't um, wasn't uh, Gran Turismo Seven in there too? Mm, it might have been that one was nominated for best VR game, if I remember correctly. That's no, that's right, that's right. That that was that was best VR game. Okay, that's right. Um, Baldur's Gate three won the best um multiplayer, multiplayer. game. Yep, and and it won the fan voted community uh, award. One the one that I was telling you about last week that was like in three rounds. Um, mm-hmm. and we it, it was the only category in the entire game awards that's 100 percent fan voted um yeah le- i was expecting it to be genshin impact because the developers of that game do this thing where they yeah where they they're like if we win then we'll give all of our users a bunch of free in-game currency so like all of their fans try to go vote for it um mm. and it won it won last year but not this time um damn and the I was expecting Super Mario uh, Wonder to win best multiplayer game, and really, I think it should have. But Baldur's Gate Three has local co-op, so you and a friend or significant other can actually play through the entire game together. Hell yeah! So, um, so that's pretty the- cool, actually. I've never seen a RPG with like choices and stuff like that have co-op. That's an interesting right. way of doing it. There's two DLCs announced for Final Fantasy 16. First one was available yesterday. Yep. Um so um Echoes of the Fallen and mm-hmm. I can't remember I can't remember what the second one is called. It's like the Tide of something. But the f- the first one, yeah, it came out last night. It's $10. It's about 3 hours long and it just adds like an extra a few extra missions and story stuff to the game. But okay. the one the one coming next spring that adds um, the the tide or whatever is adding like a whole new icon to the game, which is Leviathan. Um, yeah. Among some other story stuff. So uh-huh. here's the thing: they said there's an expansion pass you can buy that if you buy it, it gives you a discount on the price of the two DLCs combined. The, oh. exp- the expansion pass is twenty five dollars. It guarantees you both of those DLCs. The first DLC is only ten dollars. So if that expansion pass is a discount on the two together, it leads me to believe that that second DLC is going to be at least twenty dollars, which yeah, means it'll pro- no, probably be it'll probably be beefier than the first one. But <coughs> and um, to avoid continuity issues, these DLCs take place during the events of the game rather than after it, as well. There you go. Yeah, I haven't played the one that came out last night yet, but it's like. I'm going to as soon as I can for sure. Um, right. I'm looking uh looking forward to it. Ooh. Alan Wake 2 won the best game direction award, which that I think is deserved and doesn't surprise me. Um I think this might have been my prediction too because like I said before, 
this game, half the cutscenes are live action, so it's kind yeah. of like a, a movie. Sam Lake, right. him, Sam Lake himself is a great director, great story mm-hmm. writer. Um, and, like, the, the whole point of the game is about the power of art, and it's a story about a story about a story. You know, mm-hmm. like, in, a, in you, it is not easy to pull off that kind of layered and confusing narrative and do it right. So mm-hmm. I definitely think they deserve that award. <laughs> Because that... you can you can do that and you can do it wrong, but they they do it right, you know. Mm-hmm. Now the final uh, world premiere that we got uh, last night was uh, Monster Hunter Wilds. I actually, it looks interesting enough for me to play. So the Monster Hunter games are exactly what they say. You hunt monsters. They're like okay. Um, you can play single player, you can play co-op, but basically they're big open world games where you go out on, like, they have stories, but the story basically consists of go find this monster, hunt it down, and bring back proof that you killed it, you know? Okay. Um, so it's kind of, like, mission-based uh, throughout the whole thing, but also the monsters you kill, you can use their remains to craft new weapons and armor and stuff like that, too. Um and I think in one of them, you get a companion that's basically a talking cat. Oh, um, Yeah, okay. I know Ryan no, is excited for this. He loves the Monster Hunter games. We were talking about it. I When I first, when this trailer first popped up and I saw the guy in the hoodie riding a dodo among the dinosaurs, at first I was like, is this Assassin's Creed with dinosaurs? Man, they've really jumped the shark. At this See, point. the the first thing like, that I that the first thing that came to mind for me was because of all the dust, all of like the, the 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 sand and shit. I thought it was a Dune game. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's no dinosaurs in Dune, so no, there's yeah. not. But you know, I think this. I I mean, I could be wrong, but I think this might also be. Um, excuse me, the first. Monster Hunter game to take place in like a prehistoric setting? Yeah, probably. But yeah, that was the big last big world premiere and then at no surprise to anyone, Baldur's Gate 3 swooped in and won game of the year. Yeah, um, they did. I predicted this so hard. Like, yes, and I've you been did. Wrong. I've been wrong before. Like, I know in 2018 I was like Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to win. It's sweeping the show. It's going to win and then God of War 1 at the end. I, I so, need I need to fucking watch that like the 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 the, that panderverse fucking uh south park episode on paramount plus oh yeah they do make a lot of Baldur's gate 3 references yes they do i need to watch it i have not like i've seen bits and pieces of it but i have not seen the whole thing yet that'll be a good thing for the year in review episode sure Um, will but yeah um i well-deserved award I yes, will, um, absolutely. I will give it to him again. Another situation where I wish the develop- developer would have had more time to give an award speech, especially because right. they were it's, dedicating it's the, the award to a coworker that passed away. Yeah, um, dude, the, they they could have easily let them talk a little bit longer because it was the last fucking acceptance speech of the night. Yeah, but this show is already three and a half hours too. So it's yeah, like, it's so, true. I mean. You could argue that they could maybe cut down on the world premieres and focus more on the awards since it is an award show. But yeah. he's also going to lose half his audience if he does that because a lot of people. You're are not wrong. 
a lot of people are tuning in for the announcements. Now, yeah. I listened to someone earlier say they think they could be like the Game Awards is basically Winter Game Fest at this point. Um, pretty much. It's like Summer Game Fest Part 2. And I don't disagree, but they're thinking, what if they had like two different events in December? One where they focus on the awards and the other where they focus on the premieres. You know, that way it's not as long. It's two shorter shows and the award winners get more time to talk about it. I guess, right. you know, I could see that, but yeah. it's, I mean, this was the 10th one and this has been a pretty successful show every year. The viewership numbers just get higher and higher every year. So yeah, obvious, obviously they're doing something right. There are some mm-hmm. things they could do better. I think the mistake they made this year was they overcorrected for the long ass Christopher judge speech last year and yeah. didn't, give, didn't give people enough time to fucking Kratos. Yeah. <laughs> But outside of that, I I think they uh, I think they did well, and you know I can't be mad at Jeff for the ads and stuff because he's got to pay for this somehow, right? You know. Yeah, like, true. And sponsorships help pay the bills, so exactly. So, but overall, if I was rating this, if I was doing a letter scale, I would give it an A minus. If okay. I was doing nu- if I was doing numbers, I would give it a nine out of ten. Okay, I could agree with for that this, for the show overall because the way I see it, all. Pretty much every award was deserved. Um, yes. A lot of the a lot of the trailers and announcements were very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. The musical performances were really good, and the whole thing was just a very fun watch. So yes, I can't, it really was. Like, you know, if if there was anything I would want to add to the show, it would be a category for best horror game. I know I'm a yes, little biased, absolutely. I know I'm a little biased, but I feel like if you can have a category for best mobile game and best fighting, you can also do horror. And there was a lot of good horror games this year. Games that yeah. deserve more more attention, like Amnesia the Bunker, would have at least been nominated there. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Resident Evil 4 remake, Alan, Alan Wake 2 would have won it, but still, yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So how did you feel about this show overall? What would you rate it? I I I'd have to agree I, I agree with you on like as a, as a, I'd, I'd give it a nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, Simply because I, I I I didn't notice um, them like shooing people off the stage before they really got the chance to really dig into their. Uh, acceptance speech but now that you mentioned that i yeah it's i have to agree with the nine i i noticed it with sam lake uh when he won like the um he came up for the speech for i I can't remember if it was like best art direction or what it was or just like best game direction in general but Uh like they def they definitely like um they started playing the, the, the walk-off music like they do at the Oscars when the speeches go too long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a thing they do at the Oscars. When the, speeches, when the speeches go too long, they'll start playing music as a cue for the celebrity to shut up and walk off stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were the music was kicking in in this event like way too early, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking um, Kratos. Ruining yeah, it for everybody. My, <laughs> <laughs> that's my only caveat, but I do want to point out that fucking shots fired when he said, uh, my speech last year was longer than the latest Call of Duty campaign. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, yeah. Because Modern Warfare 3 that just came out, people are notoriously disappointed because the campaign is super short. 
Um, mm-hmm. I also read an article today that said the developers, like Activision, is like genuinely upset about that joke. <laughs> so I believe it. Um, like whatever, it's a joke. Get over it. Um, yeah. Also, it also from what people are saying, it's a true joke. So <laughs> right. Um, but you know what? It, I can't blame them for doing a shorter campaign, knowing good and goddamn well that most of the people who buy those games are doing it for the multiplayer. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, it's like they probably feel like why even waste the resources on single player anymore if everyone's just gonna play the goddamn multiplayer anyways you know yeah. um, but that was a fucking he roasted that <laughs> he roasted yeah, he did. them I was like god damn shots fired mm-hmm. um, so that was funny and then they started playing him off before he even said anything and he was like you motherfucker <laughs> um, <laughs> So that was obviously like a rehearsed joke that was done real well. Yeah. Also, I see a lot of people complaining about the fact that there's always a Muppet every year. But like, here's the thing, right? Jeff loves the Muppets. They're like one of his favorite things. I think the Muppets are great too. I love the Muppets. I don't mind seeing them. I, you know, Animal was there last year, Gonzo this year. I like seeing the Muppets there. Apparently a lot of people don't like it and think it's cringe. I love it. But my thing is, my thing is this. Um... We wouldn't even have events like this anymore if it wasn't for Jeff. So he can have his Muppets, as far as I'm concerned. Pretty He's entitled much. to them. Exactly. <laughs> you know, E3 is dead. We would have nothing like that anymore if it wasn't for Jeff doing these events. So exactly. let the man have his let the man have his Muppets. <laughs> right. Um So before we wrap up, is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention or any other notes on anything they could have done better or anything like that? No, I um I can't really think of anything else. Okay. Honestly, well, that works. I think I honestly I'm I'm this is probably just me me talking here, but um I think they could have squeezed in in the in the like the the commercials basically stuff we already know about. They could have squeezed in the trailer for uh, Grand Theft Auto Six. Oh, during the ad segments. Yeah, yeah probably. they could have easily yeah. fit, fit that in. I just yeah, I, I would do want to point that. I'm glad you reminded me because it turned. It looks like our predictions for announcements were way off. Uh, yeah, because Grand Theft Auto Six trailer ended up coming out two days before the show. Yeah, and, and it, then... it came out on the fourth instead of the fifth, like it was supposed to, because some asshole fucking decided to leak it. So Rockstar basically felt that their hand was forced, and they dropped it early. Yep, yep, and um, not only that, but I predicted Death Stranding two, and I thought that was what it was going to be when Kojima showed up, and it wasn't. It was something completely new. Yep. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I knew he was going to be there, though. I figured I was at least half right. Yeah. Um. Also, Kojima and Jeff Keighley are like really good friends. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that makes sense. They they hang out a lot outside of these things. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that will do it before we wrap up. Yeah, just one more brief reminder to the audience, because this is Game Awards focused. Yes. Um, Yep, I've got my own top ten list coming out at the end of the month, and you can win some money if you correctly guess the games in my top ten list. Yes. Get your (laughs) answers in, folks. I still have to get mine in. 
All of the rules and details and explanations and all of that can be found on my YouTube channel, Oversoul Gaming, in the Guess My Top 10 Games uh, video. So, um, yep, look forward to that. And yeah, I'm, lo I'm looking forward to seeing your answers, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to work my cranium here. Got lots but, of stuff all going right, on. Alright, folks. Yeah. Um, let me know what your uh, favorite announcements and stuff and your thoughts on the show last night overall, either in you know the comments down below if you're on YouTube, or you can shoot me an email at MrOversoul53 at gmail.com, or follow me on the website formerly known as Twitter, at Oversoul53, where I also um, usually live post the updates for these types of events when they happen. Yes. As well. Uh, you can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter uh, at the Vaping Fiend. You can find me on TikTok at v.vaping.fiend. Uh, and why not follow me on Twitch uh, at the Vaping Fiend? All right. And with all that being said, that'll be a wrap for this shorter than usual episode. Yes. Um, thanks. For Thanks for listening, folks, and good night. Bye.